Okay, we're going to be learning the Shah Bikafan and the Khaivas Khavavas. And I first think it's necessary to start off with a brief introduction, and that's going to be the focus of this time that we're learning of the tremendous benefits that Bikafan can introduce into a person's life, lifelong benefits. And um, even though people can think right away, but in Bitachan you just have a much more uh, a much calmer life. But there's much more to it, and it's worth it to get it clear, and it's much more fundamental than people might think at first glance. So we're going to start off with just making some basic differentiations. And let's start off with just the words emuna and bitachon. What is the difference between the two? So emuna, people loosely translate as faith, as belief, and that definitely is a part of it. And a kindergarten child that says he believes in Hashem, that's, uh, that's also part of emuna. But uh, that's a very, very base level Amuna, obviously. And the Amuna people can be working on their entire lives. The Chazanesh says in Amuna Bitachan that Amuna is a mido, it's a character trait. It's not just an ideal, it's not just a thought, it's not just a piece of logic, but it's actually a part of a person's Avaidis Hashem. It's a part of his midas. It's, 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 it's a trait. It has to be worked on and cultivated, and, and the person has to grow in his Amuna. So the Torah really actually tells us a little bit more about the word emuna in Pashas the Shalach Parak Tetz Zayin Pasuk Yudbeis Pasuk, sorry um, in Pashas the Shalach by the Melchamas Amolik so that's, I'm sorry, that's Parak Yud Zayin Pasuk Yudbeis and the Pasuk says that uh, the, the story many are familiar with, right, that Moshe Rabbeinu went up and he uh, raised his hands when Kali Yisrael was fighting Amolik and uh, it was supposed to be a sim and a sign. Kali Yisrael was supposed to look at Moshe's hands and realize that, uh, that Hashem is in charge of everything. They were supposed to look up and, and Hashem is in control and he could save them. So the Pazik Moshe's hands were tired. They placed a stone underneath him. He sat on the stone. Aaron and Chur stood on either side holding up Moshe Rabbeinu's hands. So they were raised upwards and Kali Yisrael could, could look up. Um, and his hands were emuno ad What does the word emuno over here mean? So emuno, you can see by the context even, it means to be steadfast, not wavering, to stay firm. So emuno is not just about an idea and an admittance that you believe that there is a Rebbein but also that you have conviction that there is a Yisrael, and that withstands the tests and trials of life. That's a person with strong emuna. Obviously, many, many matrigas in this, and they say Rav Chatzka Levenstein, said he was working on emuna his whole life, right? There's even a concept of emuna chushis, a sensory perception of the Yisraelim. And I saw in the wonderful biography about Rabbi Vigdim Miller, that he said that in Slabatka he once had a period of time where he sat and was misplaced and he thought about a dandelion. I believe that was the specific uh, flower for a period of two hours uninterrupted. And he felt at the end of that, his bainanus, that he was feeling a, a sensory perception of Hashem. He said he never again felt like that. But there's such a madriga, such a, a concept. Um, so obviously there are many, many madrigas in Muna. Now, what's Bitachan? So Bitachan. Really, the Chaznesh in Amun and Bitachan, he says that um, Amun and Bitachan, like two sides of the coin. Amunah is the Bechinus Halacha, right? the fact what should be, and Bitachan is the Bechinus Lamaisa, 
But the truth is that Bitochan is really living with the Amunah that you have inside of you. Amunah is internal, and Bitochan is the external actions which really show how strong your conviction is. And the Yibayin if your conviction is so strong, you'll trust them and you'll live your life. You'll, you'll believe that Hashem is always in control, is always doing what's best for us, can do anything at any situation, right? Like Gemara says, and this is an ideal of Bitochan that a person never loses faith, he never gives up. There's no such thing as a hopeless situation for a person with true Bitochan. What the Ratz Hashem is is a different question. What Hashem wants the outcome of something to be. And it's a whole different discussion. But, uh, but the point that we're focusing on over here is that Bitochan is, is that living life through your Muna. And a person like the Chazanish describes in detail, who at a test and a sayin, you know, let's say a person has a business, like he gives an example, and a competitor opens up, you know, nearby. So then if he falls to pieces, you know, as much as he was preaching about how a person should live with Imuna and Bitochan, but if he starts now trying to outdo his friend in all sorts of ways, straight or crooked, then that shows that he is lacking in his Bitochan, and really, in essence, he's lacking in his Imuna. The Ramban in his Sefer Amunavah um, Bitochan in Parak Aleph really speaks this out that Amuna is possible without Bitochan. Like we said, there's a baseline Amuna of the person just admitting, believing that there's a Ben Shleon. But Bitochan is not possible without Amuna because Bitochan is really just revealing through your actions what you already have internally of how strong your conviction is in your belief of the Ben Shleon, that he's in total control that he runs the world and that he's always um, doing what's best for us and can do anything at any given situation. That's just in terms of, of just getting a, a, a basic definition in terms of the difference between Amuna and Bitochan. Now let's go a little bit further. And really we want to start from the beginning of Sha'a Bitochan and the Psicha, but we're going to skip a little bit um, just for the purposes, again, of getting a basic definition he describes the definition of Bitochen in Parak Aleph, Parak Rishen, in Shara Bitochen. We're not even going to go through the whole Parak, even though it, it's a one big complete definition. We just want to focus on a certain point. We'll, perhaps we'll take something out of the end of the Psicha as well. So let's start in the beginning of Parak Aleph, Parak Rishen, on, in Shara Bitochen. He says as follows. These are the words. Ach mahus habitochen hi. The essence of Bitochen is the mahus. Now, these are probably the most uh, fundamental words. Uh, the calmness of spirit of the one who, who is Beitech. Let's loosely translate now, Bitochen as trust, even though it's more than that. It is much more than that. And we'll get to that. But right now, let's just say it like the way the, the world is familiar with saying Bitochen, translating it as trust. Okay, so a person that really trusts in Hashem. Over here, he's talking about trust in anyone. He's just explaining the concept of Bitochen. He's not even talking about Bitochen in Hashem specifically, which he's going to get to. He wants to first just define what, what is Bitochen. So, a person that has Menuchas Hanafesh in that which he's trusting in, um, that, that shows that he really has trust, right? If a person, let's say, has, um, just for argument's sake, a very rich, well-connected uncle, and he needs financial help or he needs a certain connection in the government, whatever it is, to get something. So his calmness reflects that which he trusts in his uncle to get whatever it is that he will be able to provide it through the means that he has, the resources that he has. 
um, that, that is a central uh, um, part of, of Bitachan. Now, he continues, and that his heart should rely on, and this is really, you know, the, the deeper definition of Bitachan. It's not just trusting, it's really relying on. It's like a guarantee that you, you trust in whoever it is that you trust in. Um, that he will do what is good and what is correct concerning the matter that he is trusting him, whoever that entity is, for whatever he's trusting him for. According to his ability and his knowledge in terms of what is going to bring out good for him. So simply put, Bitachan is the calmness of spirit, which reflects the trust and the reliance that a person has on that which he's trusting in, that that thing, that person is going to do what is um, good and what is correct for him, uh, according to his abilities and his knowledge of what's going to bring out good for him. Right? The uncle is going to give him money or the political connections so that he could get whatever it is, uh, a car, a house, uh, uh, a, a meeting with a certain official, etc. Now let's just focus on and analyze um, an inference over here. It's a diak that the Chayv Salvavis says, part of Bitochan is that a person believes that the person is, that he, that which he's being Bitech and that which he's trusting, that which he's relying on, is going to do what is good and what is correct. Two different things. So it could have just said, right? why do you have to say Nachem? Once you say what is good, so what do you mean correct? So off the bat, and I saw this by reading the Miller, you could say that not everything that a person wants, that perhaps superficially at first glance seems to be good, is really good. Not what a person would necessarily call toiv is correct for him. Meaning in the long run, eventually, in truth, it's not good. A person could want um, to um, eat foods that are bad for him, drink things that are bad for him, or engage in certain activities, let's say, that are not healthy, not productive, and, and, and rather negative for him. So all those things the person might look at, hey, that's good, it's having a good time, I'm, I'm enjoying myself, but it's not nothing. And the point is that really, at the end of the day, it's, it's not good for him. Um, but it's important to point out, very, very important, that Hashem is in control of everything, and that means everything, all reality, at all times. So... There's nothing that's beyond Hashem's abilities, including to make something nothing for a person. Now, you know, let's just use a wild example just to bring out a point. Um, let's say eating foods that are bad for a person um, is, is, uh, is not good, right? Technically, Hashem can make it good, right? There's the famous master of Hanina ben that he didn't, that his daughter lit uh, fire and vinegar, right? And uh, they said, no problem. They said, what's the difference? There's no difference. It's all the same. Right? Kajbaru could do anything. Right? So now maybe you could say, hey, what do you mean? Maybe that's a nace. And a nace we know is of a person that a nace happens to take away from his chosen. So you have to say, in that area, had such bitachan that there was no difference between nace and teva, at least when it came to lighting this. Uh, vinegar on fire, and, and therefore, if perhaps it wasn't even considered a nace, it didn't take away from his merits, it didn't take away from his chosen, because a special nace 
happened to him. I would assume that that's the, the basic um, understanding of, of that uh, incident in the Gemara. Uh, with its tainus of hate. So, so just like Hashem could do that, obviously he could do anything. That doesn't mean Hashem will do it, right? And, you know, Puk Vechazi go out and see. Uh, they usually doesn't make it that drugs are all of a sudden healthy. Uh, not perhaps the people that are doing drugs don't necessarily have the, the greatest betachem to start with. But I'm just, I'm just trying to bring out a point, you know, or alcohol, for example, to, to be healthy. My point is that he could do it. Um, this is skirting around another discussion, which we don't want to get into now. And that is that... So again, I, I just had to pause, but we're, we're um, skirting around a, an issue of whether betachem is a guarantee that you'll get what you want. Right? We know there's a famous story about Rabbi Sal Salante that uh, he held that you could even be beteach in getting uh, frivolous extra things, right? Um, famous story that he, he, he uh, said that he, he wants a golden watch, uh, something like that. And at that moment, uh, a Talmud came that came back from visiting Paris and he brought him this uh, golden watch. He was trying to say that you could be beteach even for Moses for extra things that are not necessary. And uh, it, it seems very clear that he held that you can be beteach um, for something as a guarantee. Um, you know, there's a famous story about the Alshech that uh, uh, he was telling over to Talmudin that if you have betachen, then you don't have to even do a shtadlis, be busy with the shtadlis. And there's a simple person that followed his advice and he went and he said, tell him all day. And, uh, incredible story, basically, how when he was about to lose all his panos, even like the one donkey or cow that he had, um, they sold it, and uh, the guy that uh, bought it went to go mining, uh, and uh, they, he found a treasure chest, and an avalanche came and killed the fellow that bought the donkey. The donkey had the sacks of gold, treasure chest, whatever it was, and went back to its original owner. And, uh, and then the Talmidim of the Al-Sheikh tried to do this, and they weren't successful. And he said, yeah, because the simple person really meant it. You know, now that he's sitting in St. Philem all day and just being with Hashem, he really means it. And you, you don't mean it as much as that. But it seems also that he uh, held that Bitochen was a guarantee. There, there are many Makarios um, on both sides of this issue. There seems to be a Makarios that goes back to Mishayim, all the way into the Akhrenim. At one point, Bez Hashem, believe that we will get to it, but it's not, it's not for now. I'm, I'm not coming to, to discuss that here, whether or not Bitochen is a guarantee. Um, or it's just that Hashem always does what's best for us and he could always do anything but not necessarily will he do it for whatever chashbainus that he has. Um, but w- what we're focusing on is that we have to realize that it's in the ability of Hashem to do anything, including making something nothing for a person. Lavdafka will, um, whatever a person wants, if it's right now not correct for him, in the long run or for whatever other reason, will Hashem make it correct for him? For any reason, maybe he doesn't deserve it. Maybe he's not having enough betachin, and that's therefore he doesn't have enough schosim. Maybe it'll be bad for him in the long run. Maybe there's a, an avir that he did that uh, that's preventing him from from having that favor, so to speak, done to him. Whatever it is, that's not that's not the point. Now the point is just the idea of Hashem's limitless abilities. Okay. There's another pasuk in Tehillim which the Chayvus Halavos brings at the end of the psicha uh, introduction opening to Shara B'Tachan, uh, in my edition in the late type, the, the paragraph starts off with the words, Umei Hen, it's the second to last paragraph, 
the way my Sefer is set up with the Leif Taif Pirish on the bottom. So the Chayvis Halvavah says that at the end of that paragraph, he brings the Pasuk in Tehillim Kapitol, Koflam at Aleph, Pasuk Beis. Uh, it says in Leishi Visi V'daymamti Nafshi Kagomel Alei Imoy Kagomel Olei Nafshi. David Malch is describing himself over here, and the Chayvis Halvavah is really bringing this as a, you know, sort of like a finale, uh, a Pasuk that really captures the the beauty of bitachon, the the milus of bitachon, and that uh, a person's like totally relying on Hashem, like a like a baby in his mother's arms, that doesn't have to worry about anything, and totally trusts the mother. You know, a parent takes a child, picks him up many times, child's height, child has no qualms about it. The parent, you know, swings the child this way, that way. Child is in the, he's in the parent's arms. He's totally secure, and that's actually another um, meaning of the word amuna, which as we're saying bitachon amuna really go hand in hand. Bitachon is the translation, the external translation of the internal amuna that the person had within him. There's a Pasuk in Yeshaya that really describes um, amuna in this way. The Pasuk is in Parak Chavbeis, Pasuk Yid Gimel, it says, Uskativ Yoseid Bimokoim Neema. Yeah? That uh, a person hammers in a peg, a nail, into a makim ne'emon. Ne'emon is a secure place. The point is steadfastness. The point is security. That's the point. The point is security. And a person feels really convinced in his amunah and Hashem that, uh, and secure in his amunah and Hashem that he lives his life according to the Torah without uh, uh, deviating to any crooked practices, any things that he shouldn't be doing, and he always knows Hashem to do what's best for him and will do what's best for him, and is always in control at all times. Okay, so just from this alone, obviously, a person sees right away incredible, incredible benefits of having talking in a person's life, whether it's in a person, let's say, in business, in his, own, in his own business, not to get stressed. All emotional problems, obviously, result, you know, in terms of the root of them, we're not talking about uh, a deeply rooted biological uh, mental condition but you know even to a big extent a lot of anxiety and even higher levels can be um, heavily prevented from being triggered uh, dependent on the person's amuna and bitachim. If the person really really works on his amuna and his bitachim so then, then stress is non-existent right because what's stress? What, what are you worried about? You're in the most secure hands possible. If a person had like we said before, an uncle that had all the money and all the connections and all the everything, and it was always at the disposal of the of his nephew. So why would he ever be worried, right? Now the uncle obviously doesn't have control of health, yeah, but Hashem does. Hashem has control of everything, including health. So you know, and whatever He gives you is for your best. Even if He's not giving you something, that's because that's for your best also. So the person really believes this, lives with this, has a strong conviction in this, is steadfast in this. Right and and relies on Hashem for this, so then there's no there's no place for stress. So many emotional problems fall by the wayside, anxiety, etc. Um, anger. Uh, I I remember hearing a story about the stipler that someone came into him, and the fellow says he has an anger problem. So the stipler asked him, you know, you look like a a believing Jew. Uh, do you, do you believe in Hashem? And what a question! And I say, of course I believe in Hashem. He says, well, if you really believed in Hashem, you, you would never get angry. As a person did a double take, and he realized, you know, 
what, what does that mean? So Sniper explained that uh, because if a person really believes in Hashem, he's in total control of everything. He's always orchestrating everything and he's doing everything for your benefit. So what's to get angry about? Whatever's happening is for your best. Would you push away a million bucks? No. So why would you push away something that's for your best, for your best interests? So it's a, it's a, it, it, it means it's a lack of moon. Obviously, these are all madrigas. These are all things that, you know, they don't come naturally and people have to work on them and we don't, we don't, uh, you know, we don't understand this at first glance, but this is really the truth. And, it, and it's uh, a process that's obviously worth working on. And it's just, it's just what reality really is made of. So the benefits are clear. The benefits are obvious, but there's much, much more to it, even than what we spoke about until now. And that's really, you know, it, it leads us back to a discussion of what's the point of life itself. So the Masil Sashan, very bluntly, step by step, details. What's, what's the purpose of the world? So he says straight out. First he says, you got to know what you're here for in the first place. That's a, that itself is a very fundamental principle. Stop and think, what, what am I doing here? Just to make money to eat, sleep, and, and then what? Next day, eat, sleep, enjoy myself, and eventually to die. So it's just a, it was just one, one long trip to the, to the, the Harazes and Marmanukas, that, that's a pretty, pretty pathetic version of life. Right? Um, so, uh, so he explains the person's here, really Hashem created the world to do good for us. To do good for us. The ultimate God is in Elam Habel. The reward in Elam Habel. That's not here. We're in Elam Hazan, this present world. What are we doing here? We're doing mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are like our tickets to Elam Habel. Through that, we're going to get whatever Elam Habel, whatever reward we're going to get. We can't do the mitzvahs in the next world. We do them here. And then he explains later on that the greatest shleimus, greatest taif, is, is the veikus, attaching to HaKadosh Baruch right? Whatever that means. Sounds a little bit ambiguous. We'll, we'll get to it. as Shem. And he says that this is what David Malach says in the Pasuk, V'ani kirvas alikim li taif, tehillim kapitolayin gimel, patsuk chav ches. Now he brings another pasuk, achshav meis Hashem. One thing I ask, oisavak hashiv v'is Hashem kolim well in the house of Hashem. And then he says, this is the only thing that's good. This is the only thing that's considered good. Anything outside of this, other than this, that people think is good, right? Money, whatever it is, power. It's worthlessness. It's considered nothing. So Dveikas is the, is the ultimate, right? And obviously, Elamaba is the place that a person can really truly experience Dveikas, whatever that means exactly to us attach oneself to Takash Can we have any possible connection to this Vegas in Eilam So people could think, you know, like this, you know, sort of emotional thoughts. Maybe when I feel warm about Hashem, that's called Vegas. Maybe when I, you know, I'm very besimple about Hashem. And, and I'm not saying yes or no. I'm just, I want to point out from some sources, uh, a possible, very strong connection that a person can have over here in Eilam Azeth, this concept called Vegas. So there's a Ramban in Parashas Ekev, Parakir Aleph, Pasuk Chav Beis. It's on the Pasuk Ula Dovka Voi, right? Very apropos. This is, this is what it is. Ula Dovka Voi. So it's Vegas, right? Attach yourself to him. It's a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah. Ula Dovka Voi. Towards the middle of the Ramban, the Ramban says, the Tochen, it's possible, Shatichlal Ad Vekah Loima, that part of this general categorization of this concept of Vekas is, is to say 
The person should remember Hashem and His love. Always. Always thinking about Hashem and loving Hashem. Right? Almost like an obsession with Hashem. Until when he's speaking to people, the verb in B'nai Adam, the fiv with his mouth, also his, his tongue, his mouth. Right? A person speaking to people, but his heart is not with them. In other words, really, it's always, always up there. Always like there's a Lushan in the Ramban, in the famous Igaris Ramban, he says, the person's leg is always attached to uh, Baruch is always thinking about Hashem. Ramban um, Lashitat said perhaps that that uh, that Nusach, that, that wording, the Lib Cholamala. Hashem, he's always in front of Hashem. Be talking about Anshi Amala, it's possible by great people, Shatiya Nafsham. That their souls, even while they're alive, in bound with the tzara chayim. This is a lashon that people say on someone that's snifter. We're talking about like like ayla maba. because they themselves they're a dwelling place for the for the shchina for the divine presence for Hashem. Shchina is a specific word. It's not a, 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 a topic now. Uh, different ways of describing Hashem, so to speak. Shkina is one of them. Kash Ramaz Baal Sefer Kuzri, like the like the Kuzri, the Sefer Kuzri alludes to. Okay, it talks about this in Achir Mois. I think there's a different point that's put out there. It's, it's worth it to look up if person wants to see it. It's in Parak Yudches Pasuk Dalad and Parshas Achir Mois in the Parsha that talks about the Arais. Uh, forbidden relations. Now, um, the Rabban clearly, right, he's talking about Vegas, and he's saying that even on Eilam Habo reality, a person could have a connection to even here in Eilam Azeh by constantly thinking about loving Hashem, being with Hashem. Even when he's with people, a person's dancing by a chasna, he's amongst a lot of people, he's talking to people, but his mind, his, his heart really is always with, with Hashem. Obviously, a person, so to speak, pays his dues, and more than just pays his dues, he, 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 he acts appropriately and like he is supposed to act, cares about people, he's involved with people. Another um, Machaver obviously is stellar, um, but uh, but at the same time, deep deep down, he's connected over there. You know, a marshal perhaps he could give for this a little bit is, let's say, like a Van Cutler, he was always thinking and learning. So he could be talking to a person, and he was a genius, obviously. But I'm just trying to bring out a point, um, and having a whole conversation with a person, keeping Cheshbon. At the same time, he's thinking, and then he stops in the middle and says, oh, Madame is banned for the Rajbo. With that, I just answered up the Rajbo's question. You know, Madame is banned for the Taisvis. I just answered up the Taisvis. The, the point is that he's really, really ligging. He's totally involved and immersed in learning Taira the entire time that he's having conversations or dealing with people, or dealing with government officials, whatever it is. But his heart, his liboy, a nanoe mind, is really, it's, it's, it's always really back there, back in the, in the sugya, back in the, Whatever, whatever he was learning. So to a person, obviously it's a tremendously hard madriga. I'm not saying that this is, you know, for everyone and, and easy to get to, it's something that a person should aspire to, but we're just trying to lay out the concept here first, before anything else, that Zvekus in Eulamazeh is possible, according to the Ramban, uh, based on what he's saying, through this, that a person works himself always thinking about and being busy with Hashem as, is like, uh, as like an obsession, like they're saying.
That's the Ramban. Now, the Chayvus Alvava says something which is, I believe, identical to the Ramban at the end of Shara Bitochen. So when he's talking about 10 different levels of Bitochen, the final one is something which he described is basically exactly what the Ramban says. It's in Perak Zayin. And he says as follows, When a person's recognition is awareness of Hashem, grows more than this, more than the other levels that he was talking about, let's say level 9, level 10, the final level, and he understands why he came to this world, and he recognizes the, the status, the, the, the elevated status, of he's going to uh, be the word is literally translated as disgusted he's, he's going to have total disinterest for anything to do with cars, money, whatever it is and he totally gives over his thoughts his soul, his body very descriptive uh, wording totally gives himself over to Hashem and he delights in remembering him in solitude, being alone with Hashem, right? The concept of his bonus, right? So Breslov didn't invent it. It's a, it's a concept in the Rishonim. Um, obviously, there are different ways of going about it, but just the idea. And he's astonished. He's blown away. Uh, I mean, built the from anything else aside from that. Like, how can a person be busy with anything else? The if he's amongst crowds, like we said before, a chasna, you know, talking to a bunch of people. His only desire is the ratzon Hashem. and he doesn't yearn for to only to meet Hashem, not anyone else. It keeps on going. Uh, then he says, This is the highest of the Madrigas, of those that rely, of those that trust. I'm talking about obviously tremendous tzadikim. And he continues. Okay, he brings Pasuk, he brings a Pasuk, the person's average yearns for Hashem, Kalchai could be specific over here because we're talking about how the reality of Hashem is so real by a person the, that it's appropriate to call Hashem in that sense of Kalchai, living God. Now, the Meshach Chachma, so he brings, I believe, in Parashat Sekim, on that possible adopt he makes this connection. I, I'm pretty sure it's there. It's for sure the Meshach Chachma. He, he, he makes this connection. There are band of of us saying the same thing. Chavis of Abbas is describing that this is Bitochen. So really, Bitochen is about Dveikus. And Dveikus is the whole purpose why we're in this world, as was delineated so clearly by the Nesil Tashan. So if that's the case, this is the most important thing to possibly be working on. Right? Someone could have a question, okay, so why are we spending all day learning Torah? Why is that what's emphasized as the, the thing that we should be the most busy with? Right? What do you do with Kalman Torah Kulam? Kulam? What do you do with all those Sayings in Chazal, the prayer is the biggest thing possible. So it's not a contradiction at all. Really, the Derech Hashem talks about this. In uh, the Derech Hashem, and Chal wrote many Svarim, right? And Seel Hashem is one of them. Derech Hashem is another one. Um, 
which I think many many uh, Gedalim view as like a, a little bit of a, a little bit of an introduction to Chachmas Amis to Kabbalah. But there's a lot of things that people can understand. It takes a Yigia that when he talks about Tamatayra in Chelik Aleph Perik Dalad Ois Tes. So he says that Torah is the greatest means to Zvekas. And the Shachayim in, in Shadal really, you know, talks about this at, at length, that Torah is the greatest means to acquiring Zvekas to being, um, to being befitting for Zvekas. Torah is the greatest means of connecting ourselves to Hashem. So that's why we spend the most time with it. But of, of course, we have to be aware of the concepts of the moon and the Of course, we have to work on it as a specific midah, so we should have a base and a focus for what our Torah is about. If we're not concentrating on the actual midah, on the concept, so, you know, a lot of times our Torah could get lost up as just an intellectual subject. But if we have a proper framework for this that we're learning, and that we're also working on the moon and the obviously we're not spending as much time as we are on learning. Learning is the focus of our day because of what we just said, that that's the greatest means of connecting to Hashem. But but Amun and Bitachan obviously is the proper framework, and that's the eventual goal to become a Baal Amunah and a Baal Bitachan as much as possible, and and therefore to have as much of a connection to Zvekas as possible. Okay, now really it's it's worth it to stop over here just to think about these concepts and digest them and internalize them. But uh, people like to go home with something very practical to work on, um, and I relate to that. I definitely relate to that. And uh, I, I just something small. It's very hard to work on Bitachan when a person's in the middle of a tremendous insight. And this virus obviously has brought about, brought about the, the Messianus. I'm referring to the coronavirus. I don't know when a person will be um, listening to this. Um, people have Rechman Otsan, Messianus, and Pranos, health, whatever it is, uh, a loss. It's very difficult to work on Bitachin in that situation. Oh, okay, now I'm going to start working on Bitachin. And so the idea is that Hashem blessed us with many, many small opportunities, small little missions, annoyances, things that bother us a little bit, right? Persons in the house with a bunch of little kids and they're disturbing and whatever it is, right? So whenever a small annoyance happens, a person just calm down and say any pasik of Bitachin that calms them down slowly, like almost like a therapeutic process. And the person just stops when he starts getting annoyed, when he starts feeling a tension rising in his chest, you know, he's about to get angry and he, and he says, something like that, and he repeats it over and over himself to calm himself down, but also to realize and internalize that Hashem is in control, he's always doing what's best for us, and he can always make any situation that's bothering us disappear, and even if it doesn't, it's still best for us when everything is okay it will be okay and not only that it will be the best um to pick small little things to work on that and to work on that consistently let's say a person makes up okay three times a day i'm going to work on that consciously to keep at it the, the hard thing is not doing it the first time the hard thing is even if something is small but to be consistent is a is a very um not an easy thing and for a person to just let's say have like a little bit of a log three times a day that he he employed this, this uh, exercise. That would be a tremendous achievement for a week, two weeks. And then, you know, slowly build it up, go to the next level, things that stress a person more, things that cause, cause a person more anxiety. That would be a, a, uh, an avoid, I believe, for a person to take away the start working on the Bitachan. 
um, the muscle that I like to give is a person that's lifting weights, right? So he doesn't readily start with 200 pound weights, you know, right? He'll bust his muscles, he'll bust everything. Even if he succeeds in pumping the weights, he starts off with smaller weights, whatever it is, 15 pounds, 10, even five, whatever, but he, he works it way up and he's consistent and slowly he'll go up a level, 10 pounds, 15, 20, 25, right? And I've seen this from my own self-experience. Not necessarily anything doing me this, but with weights, uh, I have to get back at it. So, but the, but the idea is the same thing with me. This me this is also like building muscles. Pitafin is also like building muscles. You start off small with something that's small, and you see that if you feel like we said before, the definition menuchas and nefesh becomes easy at that level. Then you slowly up it a little bit. You up the ante, and you keep on on uh, moving the needle, so to speak. Um, to reach greater and greater heights, you have to be patient, you have to be consistent. And, and very important also to credit yourself for your successes. Sometimes a person does something that he feels is a small thing, like it was easy to do. Yeah, but you're, you're doing major things, you're being focused on growth, which is tremendous. You're actively working on yourself, right? And you're, you're starting to go upwards towards things that are a little bit harder than what you were used to doing. And that's all tremendous. You're, you're on your way to greatness. Or Shleim Avolba and Ali Shur, in the second Chalik, I believe, where he talks about Avedas and Musfis, has a whole, um, whole essay on the concept called Maisim Kutanim, small actions, how kosha they are, these small actions of growth that we do, that's where real growth is at. Big things can, you know, maybe be exciting in the beginning and even, you know, we can perhaps do them for a little bit, but then they peter out, as we all know. Okay, so everyone should have tremendous atzalko. Um and I'm recording this in our Shabbos. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening. Next time. See ya.